Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. From the over the top studios at Scratch Labs in Boulder, Colorado. We're here with Coach John Hughes. In fact, we're going the distance with Coach John Hughes. That's our first podcast of 2016, or is my brain still not all the way back? You and I have both had a great ski season, George, and it's even going to snow again this weekend, although I don't do downhill. Carol is going, but it's finally time to get back on the bike. I mean, it's almost May. I'm actually really fired up to ride again. And, you know, the last three years, you have really helped me through some awful injuries and I think I've actually ridden less this year, but I've been out playing in the snow so much that I think I'm much more fit. When I was writing Distance Cycling, my book, um, a bunch of different people did sidebars, and Muffy Ritz did one on cross-training and how she skis all winter, and when April comes around, she's excited to get on her bike, unlike people that have slogged through crappy weather, ridden the trainer, so forth and so on. I mean, I could count on... Well, I'm going to ride once a week with my buddy. But other than that, I haven't ridden all winter. And does that put us way down the training scale? How does that work? Again, it, it, I it, feel more fit. I've been working at over 9,000 feet, you know, five days a week. Certainly the altitude helps. <laughs> I, I was living in Fraser at 8,800 feet most of the winter, and that helps a lot. Um, cardiovascular is great, George. I can ski three, four hours without feeling it. I could go five hours, and I'd certainly start to feeling it. Uh, biomechanics are different. You flex your knee a lot more, bend your knee a lot more cycling than you do skiing. So I feel it in my legs more when I ride. Um, the other thing that's interesting is mental. I'm, I'm not at all worried. But, oh, okay, so it's a longer ski than I'd planned. So what? Oh, my God, this ride's going to take me more than two hours? Can I do it? <laughs> but then there are things like nutrition. You know, I mean, all the stuff that you dial in and practice doing anything outdoors transfers to cycling. Okay, so I won't be too nervous. <laughs> the, the only thing that's different is you tend not to wear nearly as many clothes on the bike. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm wearing less because I've been out in such cold weather for so long. Another way of putting it is if it's cold enough to wear all those clothes, you don't belong on your bike. <laughs> Unlike certain randonneurs in Boulder whom we will not name. <laughs> well, John, I have to thank you because, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the last two years you've helped me with Race Across the West training, and um, I've had some pretty good results. My wife, Terry, you helped her with her Paris Breast Paris training, and uh, she ended up coming in faster than her highest 
or lowest time goal or fastest time goal, let's say that. Um, I, I can't endorse you enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, George. I've learned a few things over the years. So how can we all have our best seasons now? I don't want to look back and at what I've done. I want to be better this year than before, as I'm sure everyone does. A little history. I started riding in the 70s, and the only training manual that was available was the Coney training manual. So the Italian how to train for the Olympics and road racing. And they said, ride your bike a lot. And ride your fixed gear for 1,000 kilometers before you get on your real bike. And that's what I knew back then. And training science has evolved a lot since then. And Joe Friel is one of the guys that I admire a lot. And he puts it very well, which is optimal training. You ride the least amount. People get, have a hard time getting their heads around that. Doing very specific training types, properly timed, so you get the most improvement. You continue to improve. So you don't just do the same thing all year round. I mean, if, if all I did was, was ski an hour and a half a day, I'd have great fun, but I wouldn't get any fitter. If all I do is ride my bike 50 miles a day, I'd be good at 50 miles, but I wouldn't be getting any fitter. You, you need to change what you're doing. That's the basic point. So how do you implement that? Really, we divide the, the year, the, the cycling year, it may not be 12 months, into different phases. So the first one is what people call the off-season. I like to call it the preseason because we don't take it off. And I think for everybody listening right now, that phase is over. Next comes base training, phase number two. And the whole goal of base training is to build your endurance to go however long you need to go for whatever your event is. I just ran into a friend at the gym. He says, ah, John, good to see you. I'm doing my first century this year. Well, he's, he's our age. And I says, really? He says, yeah, my wife signed us up for Ride the Rockies. I guess I'm going to have to start riding. So for him, he needs to build up a certain amount of endurance in order to do that. And Terry, Ride the Rockies is coming up mid-June, so it's... And Andrew needs to get on his bike. Yeah. Terry was doing Paris Brest Paris, 750 miles, so she needed to get more endurance. You've been doing raw, race across the West, comparable distance, but higher intensity, and you're only riding half of it, so you need to build up a different kind of endurance. So second phase is endurance. Third phase is then what I call the build, and the objectives are maintain your endurance, don't increase it, but keep it, and build your power. Some people think, I don't need power, I don't race. Well, if you only ride on the flats on calm days... You don't need a lot of power. But if Mr. WIND is out there or their hills, you do need some power. Or if you want to go faster, you need some power. But again, that's tailored to what the particular rider's goals are. Fourth phase then could be one of two. It could be just the main season, riding whatever kind of events you, someone, finds enjoyable. Or in the case of you and Terry, peaking for a specific event. And that involves really very specific training. Uh, I've got two riders doing tours right now, multi-day tours. And for their peaking phase, they did lots of back-to-back -back weekend rides. For your peaking phase for Race Across the West, you were doing really short repeats. Half hour, hour, mm -hmm. hard. And then with equal recovery. And you built up to where you were doing, I think, a 24-hour cycle of 
half hour to an hour on, half hour to an hour off. Yeah, you had me doing 18, 18 hours. Yeah, 18 hours. That, to me, that was mentally my way of going, I can do this. Yeah, and, and, and that's peaking for your kind of event. Terry was doing brevets, and then what I suggested she do was instead of doing more I mean, she, you know, she could write 600 kilometers fine, riding 600K over the summer. That didn't do anything for her. Practicing riding all night, that's right. good. Practicing riding, taking a quick sleep break, getting going again, that's good. So peaking is all about simulating whatever your event is. And then the last phase is the taper. People say, oh, I'm going to lose fitness. That's right. You're going to lose fitness. But you're going to gain freshness a whole lot faster. And what you want to do is come into your event feeling, I'm ready. Let's do this rather than, I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember one PBP. I just moved here from California, and a bunch of my buddies had done double centuries all summer. And I'd ridden a few brevets, and I'd done the con, you know, our Colorado Club contour, and I hadn't ridden much otherwise. And I came to Paris fresh, and they came to Paris trashed. And guess who dropped out? Wasn't me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The other thing I'll say is is full recovery is really, really important between each of those phases because before you start the build phase, building power, you want to make sure that you're recovered physically and mentally. How do you realize it's full recovery? I've been off my bike for a day. I've got to be recovered. Might be. Seems unlikely. I don't think I would be. <laughs> I, I, you know, I just spent five months off my bike. Right. <laughs> your, your legs ought to feel really fresh. You, you, they should. You, you get on the bike, and they should feel really strong. You should be really excited. I get to start training again. I get to start riding again rather than, well, it's Monday. Guess I better ride. And your family should say, great, George. I'm glad you're going to start riding again rather than we want you to spend more time with us because an important part of the break is spending time with your family. I tell people, park your bike in the garage, ignore it for a week. Unless your kid wants to go for a ride. Yeah. Go for a walk. Play with the dogs. Go ski. Go ski. Do anything that you that you like that's fun, that's not training. Get out your mountain bike and go for a mountain bike ride. Now, John, you've used some different terms to describe the types of intensities. How does someone know if he or she's riding at the right intensity? Well, first of all, in a sense, there is no right intensity. There are better intensities. Some people tend to think that if my heart rate is at 172 beats per minute, it's right. But if it's 175, it's wrong. It's not that close. Our energy output is a continuum. So it's not like you're in first gear, second gear, third gear in your car. So that's the first point. But there are really three ways. You, you've always ridden by perceived exertion, George. How does your body feel? What's your breathing like? And what I told you was do tempo training, which is you ought to be able to talk in full sentences but not whistle. And that's really going to build your endurance. And then I said do sweet spot. Okay, you can still get a few words out. John, this really hurts. But you can't tell me. I'm trying to whistle, but I can't. (laughs) You you can't tell me, John, this really hurts, and I hate you. So short sentences. And then I said, okay, I want you to do sub-barf. You can't talk at all. Or maybe yuck. 
but you're not throwing up yet. So in terms of perceived exertion, each of those is harder. That's the way I train mostly. You can also do it by lactate, by, by heart rate. And some people think you do that as a function of max heart rate. Well, that, that's really irrelevant. Your max heart rate is substantially different than my max heart rate because we're of different ages. It has nothing to do with the fact that you've skied all winter, you ride 100 kilometers without effort, so forth and so on. It's that I'm older, you're younger. Lactate threshold, where your body starts accumulating a lot of lactic acid, is a function of how fit someone is. So that's where to peg the training zones. A lot of my clients do it by heart rate. The third way is power, which is the most direct way. Heart rate measures input, how hard your heart beating. Power measures output, how much are your muscles putting out. And I have some clients that train that way. They tend to be geeks. They like lots of numbers. Most of the research shows that for most riders, perceived exertion is as good as heart rate. And unless you want to spend thousands of dollars and a lot of time learning how to interpret the data or hire a coach who can interpret the data, power is beyond what you need. Now what I do, out on the road, perceived exertion, it's easy. If I want to do hard intervals, I get on the trainer, it's a copy trainer, I can read out power, I can dial in exactly how hard I want to go and do it. But most of the time it's perceived exertion. And, and for most people, I really think that's a good way to go. Um, if you're curious about training zones, go to my coach site, uh, coaching website, www.coach-hughes.com. Right on the homepage, you can link to reading about training zones, and you can download, download the spreadsheet that I give to all my clients. You can figure out your own training zones. You know, I actually love the indoor trainer for intensity workouts. I just really like it. It seems I can almost do more or get more into it than I can out on the road. It's interesting because I'm in a time-trialed old stage from the north a week or so ago. And that was actually easier <clears throat> easier than my 20-minute flat-out power test on the trainer. Really? Easier psychologically. Scenery was going by. Terrain was changing. I wasn't just looking at numbers. Oh, my God, I'm only at 11 minutes and 37 seconds, and I've got to keep going, and I'm only at, you know... 182 watts. I was hoping for another. Oh my God. You just. They're different. So, written any new articles about having your best season ever? I, I have actually. And, <laughs> and, and of course, they are on my website. Fancy that. <laughs> Fancy that. Yes. Uh, there's a two part uh, pair of articles. The first is, is your best season ever, part one, of course. And that's on how to plan out your, your whole year what the different phases I talked about should be for you, what are your strengths and weaknesses, how do you train to address those. And then part two is how to peak for a specific event. Now, for those, if I were coaching you, I'd charge you 250 bucks, plus charging you for weekly or monthly workouts. And if you want to put in a little time and do it yourself, you can get the two articles at 70 pages total, for just under $9. Again, they're on my website, www.coach-hughes.com. And then a new article that I just finished called Intensity 2016. Uh, the very first article that I wrote for Road Bike Rider was back in 2012, I think. And the science has changed a lot since then. So again, that's on my website, the latest about how to train by intensity. 
by perceived exertion, I still think that's good, by heart rate and by power, pick your method and how much you want to spend. Again, www.coachhughes.com. So good to have you uh, off the snow and back on the road. Thank you, George. It's good to be back on the road. Although if we get a lot of snow this weekend, I might dig out the cross-country boards. Okay, it's good to have you behind the microphone again. There you go. All right. Going the distance with Coach John Hughes. I think we're going to be talking about spring training on our next show. I hope spring is finally here. Okay, me too. George Thomas, Boulder, Colorado. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.